What up, Hanyaks? I... Hanyaks? 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 I survived the boat. Now, my nose apparently is struggling to readjust, and so that's why I sound this way, but I'm back, and I mean, for you, I never left, because I had a full week of episodes last week, but I was gone. That's why there was no Instagram posts about the new episodes, and I did a late one yesterday about Wednesday's episode, which to me is one of my favorite episodes to date. And it is Blessings from Tragedy, uh, Dennis Flowers' adoption story. And it is miraculous. If you haven't listened to that one, which, looking at the analytics, I think more people listen to that one than any other one, uh, go listen to it. Or go check it out. I'll, I'll throw it in the description, because why not? But I'm back off the boat. I did not get seasick. And... I'm fighting this sneeze right now. Oh, I can't think of the... I didn't get seasick. I had some sea legs. And I'm here to recap my first ever cruise. Give you my thoughts, feedback, what I recommend it. Tips to not losing weight. Or gaining weight, sorry. Losing weight on a cruise. Now that is impressive. Maintaining, also impressive. Gaining weight, that's almost a given at this point. Uh, The two givens on a cruise are... Well, for for your average person, not for me, are drunkenness and gaining weight. If you watch, if you watch a peep, if you just see, you know, you're stuck on a boat in the middle of the ocean, what else is there to do? Eat and drink. <laughs> Before we get to that, though, obviously, because of the timing of this cruise, I didn't get to do any of my March Madness stuff. So no brackets, no nothing. First year, and I don't know how long that I actually didn't fill out a bracket because we we're doing cruise stuff and nonsense. So, but it was great. Got to spend a lot of quality time with family, and that was really... That was really the crux of it all, but let's uh, let's touch base on March Madness. If you did fill out a bracket, how's it going, and how bad, how busted is it? St. Peter's, I'm guessing, which is this year's ORU, their Cinderella, they busted everybody's bracket, but I'm pulling for them on the hardest, in the, in the, in the hardest way. I want them to do great, but obviously Sweet 16 competition gets ramped up, so we'll see. This may be the end of their run. May not be, though, but... Uh, I've gotten to watch games since being back, and it's awesome getting caught up. You got the Sweet 16 this Thursday. I'm excited for that. Uh, we'll go, and I'll just give quickly my takes on. So we got Gonzaga and Arkansas. I've got some close friends who are Arkansas fans, and I think usually I like to hate on Arkansas because it's fun. It's fun banter. Uh, also, I'm from, I'm an Oklahoman, so I cheer for not Arkansas teams. But that's just that's just the way that it goes, you know. But I think in this instance, I'm pulling for them to make a run. So I'm going to take them over Gonzaga. Do I think they'll do it? I don't know enough about their team. I know Gonzaga has beanpole tree that is like seven foot and can kind of shoot. And they still have Drew Timmy, but they don't have Jalen Suggs. So we'll see. Arizona and Houston. Houston, quite the Cinderella story. Come on, let's go. Arizona barely scooted by TCU. Let's just keep going with the upsets, right? Everyone likes a good upset. Michigan and Villanova, another Cinderella. Come on, Michigan. Do I think they'll win? I don't know. Villanova's pretty tried and true. Duke and Texas Tech. Now, this one is tough because who doesn't love Coach K? Who doesn't love them some Coach K? But Texas Tech, Big 12 team. So, 
Uh, either way, I know it's going to be a great game. I think because this is the last year we will see Coach K, I'm going to do what I normally don't do, and I'm going to cheer against the Big 12. I'm pulling for Duke. I would, I, I'd be fine with Duke winning it all this year. North Carolina, slow, slow start to the season. They squandered Coach K's last game in Cameron by beating him. They got Brady Manick, the legend, the bearded Larry Bird, who was at OU and is now there, and he's killing it. So they got up. They're going up against Johnny Juzang and UCLA. I don't know who I want. I, I I don't care either way. I think that'd be a fun game. Now, of course, when Purdue takes on St. Peter's, I'm pulling for St. Peter's all the way. Then Iowa State, Miami, two Cinderellas that are now meeting in the Sweet 16, 10 and 11 seeds. Crazy, right? Miami with the biggest upset, taking down Auburn, but Iowa State took down Wisconsin, which is pretty good. It was 11-3 and 10-2, so I'm obviously pulling for the Big 12 boys at Iowa State. Then Providence and KU. Providence, no idea where you came from. You're a four seed, though, in this this side of the bracket. KU's the one seed, obviously. Rock chalk, son. See if they can go all the way. Who do I want in the Final Four? Let's see. Let's go Duke, St. Peter's. KU and Houston. That's who I want. Who do I think is going to get there? I think you'll see KU. I think it's going to be, oh man, be Gonzaga, Duke probably, maybe Arkansas by some miracle if they keep playing out of their minds. Uh, Nothing against them. That's just how it has to go. It's an uphill battle when you're an underdog, you know? Always. So if they can really lean into that and channel some magic energy, that'd be great. I think I don't think St. Peter's gonna make it to the Final Four. Uh, they, I mean, they have to go through Purdue, and then they either have to go through North Carolina, UCLA. You want to talk? They, that's a rough, rough, rough side. So we'll see. Though championship, I know Duke is one of those teams that always wins it, but it's kind of like the Peyton Manning retirement season. Michael Jordan, the last dance. This is Coach K's last dance. Of course, now that's the terminology we use. So why not go out, win one, uh, end it on a high note? But uh, other than that, I don't know if there's anyone that I really don't want to win. Maybe Arkansas, just to hate, just to, for good banter for my buddy, because if they win it, I won't hear the end of it, and I don't want to hear about how they're national champions. That's just a personal preference. <laughs> Come at me, Aaron. Other than that, honestly, any one of these teams... I would not be upset with. I'm just kind of along for the ride. Enjoy Providence, because I don't know you at all. I don't want you to win. You know what? And Miami, I don't really care, but at the same time, don't really want you to win. Those, those would be mine. I don't want Gonzaga to win. That's for sure. Just because, I don't know, top dog. You always, you never want the top dog to win. So that's my thoughts. I'm not going to necessarily call them predictions. That's my hopes, my wants. Predictions, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm too out of the loop to really make any serious predictions, so... Yeah, that's my predictions. Who, who do you think? Who do you want to see the final four? Who do you give me that? Give me one side, right? Who do you want? What do you want to happen versus what do you think will happen? And and then you know who do you want? Who would you want to win the championship? Are you on that Duke Coach K last dance train? Get him a chip, go out on top, or not? Do you not care about that? You think you know he's won enough? He's won plenty of champions. He doesn't need that. Of course, it's not about need. It's just a cool storyline, right? It's a Hollywood storyline. So, uh, yeah, what do you? Who do you want 
to win or be in the championship? And then who do you think will get there or will win the championship? I think it's a pretty tight field. This is a really good year for the for March Madness. It's just great to have it back, honestly, in full force, fans in-house. I This is the single greatest postseason, I think, in sports. It is like, hey, six the top 64 teams, I think it's 64, something like that, get to go and play in one massive tournament. And it's winner take all, winner go home, like w- survive and move on. Incredible, and there's no there's no other postseason like this. You can't really do this with football. The NBA they do seven game series, and so it's more of a series. It's like okay, who's which, which takes away the magic of one out of your mind game and like St. Peter's, and then that. And then you you use all of your out of mind games to win one series in the NBA, whereas it could get you to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, or even a championship in NCAA, and that's the magic of it. So, it honestly probably arguably probably is my favorite. So, I what's your favorite though? Where does it rank for you? And give me give me all your thoughts. So, lastly, on the sports note, before we dive into my cruise review, I unfortunately to this point, have been more or less right about... No, have been right about Zion Williamson. I can't tell you the episode, or I could maybe go find it. It might be kind of tough. I don't know where it's buried. But I have have held the stance since he got in the league. He is built... He is built basically the same as Aaron Donald. He is built like a D lineman. Not even a linebacker. He's built like a D lineman. And yet he plays like a guard. And you might say, oh, you're fat shaming him. No, I simply am acknowledging that when you're built like that and you play like a guard more so. Now, he does he does get down in the low post, and that's, I mean, that's where he gets most of his shots. He shot 61% of the games he's played. But long-term longevity is the biggest concern with that. You can your your joints and your lower body can only take so much force when you have that much body mass. Now I'm not sitting here saying oh he's fat or overweight. I'm I think you know he's he's really healthy all things considered, right? Because what is overweight when you're trying to be a certain size for a certain for a certain bill? I'm simply saying that leaner is better when you play like he plays. I mean you see that he blew out his pair of Paul Georges and sprained his like meniscus. In college, if that doesn't tell you how much force and torque he has got when he's cutting, pivoting, moving, exploding, then, I mean, if that's not a telltale sign of like, okay, what is my best bet? I can play at this, at this current weight, but would it behoove me, there's a word, to, to really lean up? And I think LeBron, this is something that has helped LeBron with his longevity. There was a point in his career, you know, he's he's a genetic freak. But I remember, I think it was maybe when he went to Miami, and he likes he started realizing, okay, if I actually, you know, I can I work out and I'm big and I'm super strong. He goes, but really, I think he found out at some point that okay, a little bit leaner is better. I can still be strong, I can still be, you know, I can still have my mass, but be the leanest version of that because that's going to put the least amount of stress and wear and tear on your hips, knees, ankles, feet. And especially in the NBA where everyone's giant, feet problems are something that can end a career and destroy a career. Same with knees 
And I mean, look at classic example, Greg Oden, right? Dude was amazing, but body just broke down real hardcore. Joel Embiid was was a concern one, but he they he rested, got healthy, and now he's figuring it out. Because honestly, that one two years of not playing is and then and then coming on into third and a minute restriction, it's kind of crazy, but it has worked. Trusted that process and it worked. That being said, in light of Joel Embiid, so my position has always been unless he leans up by like 30, 40 pounds and is just lean and mean. For Victor Oladipo, he wasn't fat at all, but he got super lean and cut when he left Oklahoma City and then went to where you go, Indiana. And it and it was like, whoa. And all of a sudden he was a monster. So it was like he was I mean he was already good and then he but then he reached what I would call optimal, right? And for Zion it's more of an instance of okay, do I want a 8-year career riddled with injury or do I want a 13-15 year career where I'm healthy? Because why I'm talking about him is and this is an article from December so it's even more the gap is even bigger now, but as of this last December he missed more games in his career than he has played. He had played 85, and he had missed 86. Since then, obviously, that number is more. I don't know the exact number, but it's, you know, since then, there's probably, so it's, he's probably at, it's 85 games played to 100-something missed in his first three years. Now, he got to play about 62 games last year, but the, but his first year he came in, he was still coming off that meniscus from college and whatnot, and now he's had the foot surgery and injury and setbacks, and we just got word that he's going to miss the rest of the season because of Pelicans. Now, I think there is culpability, depending on because every team training staff and philosophy is a little bit different, so I think there's something there. But all in all, sadly, it as it stands now, uh, my concern is that He's going to stay that size, and you are going to see him have an injury-riddled career. And he, for what, for the hype that he had coming in, he is currently, he is currently tracking towards bust, not boom. You might say, well, what if he still has a good career? But if you're the number one pick next LeBron James projected, and everyone's talking about you, and then you end up being a mediocre player, I would consider that a bust of some sorts, of some degree. Not a total bust, but a partial bust. Because that's the thing. You can't... You have to remember the expectation that came with him. If... Now, if he came in and exceeded expectation or met expectation... And we've seen when he is healthy and when he does play... This was always a Tony Romo argument for all Dallas Cowboys fans. When he is healthy, when he does play... I mean, he has a huge impact. He is... A big deal. I mean, he he makes moves. He's able to score. He he bangs on the boards. Like he he's not the best three point shooter, but he is a very impactful player. There's a noticeable difference, and he is good. The talent, the skill is there. It's a matter of getting. If your body breaks down, then your talent and skill are null and void. Right. My thing is, anytime you hear the argument, well, when he's healthy, he's amazing. Yeah, but is he ever healthy? For, best example I have is Blake Griffin. Dude hasn't compl- had a full season where he's missed less than like 10, 15 games basically in his whole career. Now he's not, and he's always been a lean guy, but he's just have, you know, I, th- I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some people just suffer, you know, struggle with that and he's struggled with that, but he's managed to still have a good long career and been impactful. But 
you can always account for him getting injured at some point in the season and misses six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. A lot of times with the Clippers is at the end of the season when he was struggling with those injuries because, you know, naturally that's when you're more prone to get injured. So I think I will I will repeat what I have said several times before in the past that if Zion Williamson wants to build out a successful career and be what we thought he could be, what we know he can be, that dude needs to shed 35, 40 pounds. I mean, he... You know, I'm not going to put a hard number on it because you're going to say, well, he'll be this, whatever, because I don't know his weight. I know he's thick. He is a dense boy. He is now healthy, athletic, in great shape. Those, Both those things can be true. But I think he needs to he needs to find the lean version of himself. Get on that Victor Oladipo program of four or five years ago. Lean up and be a lean, mean machine. He can still be just as strong. He'll probably be even faster. And, and that'll take all the torque. That'll take some of the torque... And the, and the stress off those joints. And when you start seeing foot problems like this, I remember Kevin Durant had that joints fracture and it was like, could this end his career? But Kevin Durant's a beanpole. So it can happen to anyone. It happens to big people. But uh, when I say big, I mean tall, long, not necessarily thick people. But yeah, I think, I think if he wants, if he wants to have a beanpole, he needs to, he needs to, he needs to take, take this on for himself and be like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cut, cut, cut. Get as healthy as possible this offseason. Come back lean next year. Uh, hopefully get off the Pelicans because I think they're. I, I don't think they're good for him as an organization. But that's a different topic. So yeah, it's sad to see. I'm not and I don't want you to take this as a gloating thing. I'm sitting here saying yeah because I'm not happy when potential like that is not seen because of something, in my opinion, that is totally avoidable and manageable. Now who's to say too? He could lean up and still end up having an injury-riddled career. Some people are injury-prone, and sometimes that just happens. I think there are ways to best mitigate against it, but that's how it goes. So what do you think about Zion? Do you think, how do you think this is going to pan out? I say the trajectory right now, he is going to be injury-riddled. He is going to be a bust. Remember, he has to be a next-level star to not be a bust based on the expectation that's given. You may not believe that. We could say total bust, partial bust, I think he's he is he is running towards he is on track to, for total bust. Now that's not to say he can't turn it around. Look at like I said earlier, Joel Embiid, dude turned it around. Two missed his first two years, and I'll be honest. During that time, I said I don't know how it's going to happen. They, I, you're going to have to do this exactly right. Guess what? They did it exactly right. Dude is next level now. Dude is having himself a career. So they figured it out. And so I think there is, there's it, all, it's not lost, but there needs to be some major things done. And this, and, and I, and I hope, I hope he figures it out. Hope he gets off the Pelicans, gets on a better team, has himself a career. Even if he still has himself an okay career, mid-level career, guess what? Still calling him a partial bust because dude was supposed to be next level. Now you might say, well, you're not supposed to believe the hype. Now I want you to think back to the Zion Williamson hype. It wasn't just like, Oh, this kid's supposed to be really good, and then he doesn't really pan out. It was like this kid is the next LeBron James. He's he's ushering in the next generation as LeBron is on the tail end of his career. So, I mean, the the expectations were high, and I think rightly so because when you see him do well, he is good. So, okay, that's enough about that. Let me know your thoughts though on Zion Williamson, where you think he's going to pan out. Now, let's talk about this cruise. Wow, what an adventure! Five day cruise. 
And, you know, people kept saying, my parents, tra the travel agent, I've heard several places, you know, you definitely, okay, basic rule of thumb with cruises is you never want to do a three-day, it's too short. Five days is all right, but it's still too short. Seven days is ideal. Because you usually have a couple stops and it's just enough time to where you you can really get used, get comfortable, get settled in and find that that full relaxation. Whereas with a five day, so you board on Monday and you start sailing that evening. You eat dinner. So it's 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 maybe a half day at best. I'd call it a third day. Then Tuesday is sailing. Wednesday is port day, meaning your destination ours was Cozumel. Thursday, you're sailing. So enjoy that. And then Friday morning, first thing, you're off the boat. So it's not even a day. I don't even know why they count. It's kind of annoying that they're like five-day cruise. It takes five days, meaning I get off and I get home. Like they, they count the days basically where it's like getting to the ship, getting on the ship, getting off the ship, and getting home. They're, they, they, they frame them door-to-door. -door. So that being said, day one, day five don't really even count. It's day two, three, and four. So it's more of a three-day cruise when you really break it down, which means a seven-day cruise is more of a true five-day cruise. But that being said, I think that I can say that has that has held true. I'm not saying don't do a five-day cruise. I think it's a good introductory cruise because it's not too long. And some people are talking about, yeah, being stuck on a boat for that long. Let me dispel that right now. It may still drive you crazy despite what I'm about to tell you, but they have a 19 billion things to do. And at the same time, you could do nothing and, and just relax. And so it's like, you have all the options, but you don't have to exercise all those options and find that relaxation, which, and I think there's a balance to be had because you can overdo it. And, but we'll get into that more as I dive into my review. So, like I said, a minimum of five-day cruise is what I would recommend. And, of course, now it being the only cruise line I've ever done, Royal Caribbean, good cruise line. Real good. Now, we for, we were blessed with having a travel agent who is a master cruiser on Royal Caribbean. Does, I don't know how many cruises a year. But, I mean, she knows, she's been on the ship before, this specific ship before. And she was incredible. So, I would say that helped a ton. Because my parents, they have been on a cruise, they've been on a couple, but it's been 15 and 20 years since they've done their cruises. So, I think it behooves them to be able to, um, whoa, 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 train of thought. So, some of their information was outdated. So, it helped that we had our travel agent. She was amazing. And I would recommend if you can find something. And of course, there's always probably YouTube channels that I'm sure do reviews and whatnot. So you could, so you could probably find some good reviews on that here. And hopefully, maybe you can use mine as a, as a way of do tips. So let's let's just get this out front. Yes, you had to prove you were vaccinated to get on this cruise. And you, so feel free. Call me a hypocrite because I am someone that if I walk up to a business and it says proof of vaccination required, I walk away. I do not enter. And I do not believe that is good for society. Like New York, having having the vaccine passports to do anything and everything, just basic things to go, go to restaurants, go into stores, I think that's bad. Now, so this was a point of struggle for me because on one hand, I want to take an awesome vacation with my family. On the other hand... I really didn't like that aspect about it. However, 
where I found justification or if you want to call it some solace, but even then I didn't like this because I felt like I was rationalizing something. I have qualified my stance on proof of vaccination as there are certain instances and situations where if the business is doing it, I'm definitely against the government doing it, like, period. If it's, if it's government instituted, absolutely not, no matter what, don't care. But if it's, when it comes to the business, that's your prerogative, and it's my prerogative to go there or not. So I'll say this. It was a bit begrudgingly, but at the same time, I said, well, you're stuck on a giant boat with a bunch of people, and so um, the cruise ships were definitely struggle the most because we had all those stories of those cruise ships that were stuck in port and whatnot, and everyone basically ended up getting sick because they're stuck on a ship, and someone got sick, and so they have to quarantine the whole ship, and it's a mess. So Royal Caribbean you know, has decided to be part of the CDC program and blah, blah, blah. But basically, you have, you have to show it. And so for a specific activity... In specific instance, I was willing to concede. And I think ultimately it was worth it because the time I got to spend with my family and the time I got to unplug, something I'll get to soon, was was really priceless, honestly. So it was worth the hassle. Now here's where things get stupid. And here's where we, by doing certain things, we are acknowledging certain points. So yeah, okay, so what they have a setup so you you could check in up to like a week or so before and on the app so you upload a picture of your fo- of your face, your you do um, your passport, you do your your vaccine card, yeah, and then all you have to left to do is the questionnaire like the day of or the day before and then ready, show a negative test. So here's where the acknowledgement that Vaccination does not prevent transmission or infection. So, and, and, and they also require negative tests. And so you see, that seems a little bit redundant and actually kind of cancels each other out. Because to me, I see that and say, okay, so why do we care if everyone's vaccinated if vaccination only protects you personally? Here we go, folks. We're going to get into this conversation real quick. And then I'm going to get back to the cruise. But this was, let me say this. The cruise... After the, the hassle of boarding and, and, and getting to the cruising part was a bit of a nightmare. My parents almost missed the cruise because of some stuff, some dumb technicalities. So that, I would say, is something to be aware of. If you're thinking about going on a cruise, it is a real, it can be a real butt, butthead to get um, to the boarding process. But once you're on, it's fine. It's getting on, though was a bit of a headache and I think unnecessarily so. But here we go, right? So, and you do all that ahead of time. So you think, okay, cool. So they've got my passport. So, I, you know, I may still have to show my passport in person just to prove that I am, you know, who I uploaded. But you have all that information, right? Well, you still have to show all the stuff and they have to check it when you go through, which then begs the question. And then when you check in with the cruise ship, they still look at all that stuff, even though you've already uploaded to the app. So it says, so it made me think, okay, what was the point of all this? Just say, bring your stuff. Also, you can, so some weird thing, if you don't have like a passport or photo IT, you can do a birth certificate. And that, that, and the amount of people that I saw doing birth certificate was kind of mind boggling. Cause to me, I go, Absolutely not. I don't want to have to travel anywhere with my birth certificate. It should remain locked up in a safe, safe and sound at my house, save one or two 
random things, but not going on a cruise. So that was that was a bit wonky. But basically, you get there, you wait in line, and of course, you have to you, in the port building, whatever terminal, you have to wear a mask. Forgot one, uh, but fortunately, they had some. They handed them out. Here's here's a wonky situation, right? Guy, they're like, oh, put on, uh, you, you put on your mask. I said, oh, I I must have. I said, oh, I don't have it on me. Which isn't a lie, because I don't have one on me, but I didn't even bring one, but I don't have it on me, right? He says, oh, I've got an extra one. He pulls it out. It's in a package, and it's and, and he's struggling to open it. And I go, here, let me just take it. I'll open it. No, he insisted, right? And these two guys are holding the door. And so he then finally gets it open. I take it out, and I, and I continue to try and walk through the other door that is still propped open as I'm, like, unfolding it and bringing it up to my face, so process of it being put on, I'm not just holding it in my hand. And the dude, the other guy holding the door open, and I'm like right at the door. So this happens right in front of my face. Kind of shuts the door, basically. Not all the way, but kind of closes it in front of me as to, to stop me from going in and says, says, can't go in until you have your mask on. And I just looked at him. And I went, and literally not even two seconds passed because I was putting it on my face, goes on my face. And then he, and then he happily opens the door. Oh, so you just had to, it was, you had to bear through it, right? So you go up there, and here's the other wonky thing about this. There's like four different stations. You have to show this paperwork at one and this other paperwork at the other, and it's a whole hassle. So go back to my main point. Look, if vaccination actually really mattered, then it would be, okay, I'm vac- vaccinated. Don't worry about the test. But then by saying, well, you need a negative test because guess what? You can still get it. Then all that really should matter is a negative test. And it should just be, shouldn't worry about the vaccination thing because really all that is is a personal protection to prevent you from going to the hospital at this point. If we're, if, if you can still catch it, we're having to prove that you don't have it when getting on the ship. So really it should be one or the other, not both. Both are redundant and actually canceling each other out. We're actually running into a bit of a paradox there. So that part is silly. It should be, okay, just get a negative test. Now here's the tricky part. It has to be within two days so we left on Monday. So we the earliest we get our test was Saturday. And it has to be a specific type of test. Well, I learned they have PCR and they have this NAAT, which is more of a rapid, up to within five hours. But the PCR can take up to 72. My parents and my sister did the regular PCR. My wife, her parents and me did this NAAT. And we got ours within a couple hours before we even got to Houston as we were driving down on Saturday. Well, Monday morning rolls around or Sunday night rolls around, my parents and my sister don't have theirs. And we start talking about this, and they go, we just clicked regular PCR, we didn't know about this. And so I start kicking myself, because I said, when we when we scheduled ours, we should have told them about this test. But we didn't. So, alright, I'm rambling on too much about this. So long story short, my parents sat for two hours outside the terminal, almost missed the cutoff to get on the ship, and because they tested, they, they went and tested that morning at Walgreens. And we... Um, and you know, final, it was departure was four 30. And so they sat out there, they got on though, but you go in there, show them your card or a picture of it or in a picture of your negative test. Then you go through security. Then you go to the thing and you show all that crap again with your, along with your passport. They take a picture. Then you go up one more time and you show them, I forget something, some barcode or something on your phone, on the app. And then you're finally on the ship. And then guess what? Nobody's worried about masks. Nobody's worried about any of that stuff. Everyone's just Everything's normal. So, yeah. Total nightmare getting on the boat. Once you get on the boat, though, it's pretty freaking great. So, 
to me, it really begs the question. I don't know with where the current process stands. If I've now that I know what the hassle involves, maybe it's worth it. But uh, it, I was really questioning. I was like, I don't even know if this is worth it. You guys are making this so difficult and annoying that to me, it's really not even worth it at this point. I would, I would have just rather taken a road trip and camped. <laughs> but we made it on, got on there. Um, yeah, and. One real blessing that I didn't see coming was internet, which I thought this was weird initially. Internet costs on the ship. It's everything when you buy any of the packages, drink, food, internet, whatever. It's what it's whatever per day. You can't just buy it for a day, which I think I would personally be like, look, I would buy one day of unlimited fountain drinks or even one day of bar drinks to try a pina colada or try some of the fun drinks they have and just do that over the course of the day. But the only option is it's per day. You buy it for the whole cruise on the internet. You can buy, I think for one day. No, it's by device, but it's the whole time, but it's like 20 bucks a day. So it's a hundred bucks. And to remind you, they count the Monday and the Friday morning. We were off the ship by seven 30 in the morning. There's nothing, nothing should be counted as on Friday. That shouldn't, you should not be charged that day. But little complaints, right? You're probably going to listen to me like, I don't want to go on a cruise. He sounds real upset. I can't reinforce enough. I had a blast. I thought it was a great time and it was a well worth it vacation. So I'm going to try not be too negative here. I'm trying to maybe make light, make light, have some fun, make some jokes about it. Wow. My nose is really stopped up now. But anyways, so being cheap and frugal like I am and saying what okay, so I need to pay for internet if I want to be able to get on any of the social medias and keep up with the world? Nah, nah, I'm not going to pay for it. So I was forcibly, by, by in turn then, I was forced, oh, sorry, I got March Madness on, replays the last night, and I just saw the worst ankle sprain. Oh yeah, he's done for the game. That was full roll. Anyways, I said no, and it was the biggest blessing. I was unplugged all week, no contact. I still used my phone because you interact with the app to figure out what activities are going on and whatnot. So I was still on it a little bit, but that was the only thing I used it for. There was no news. They had a couple news channels, just didn't watch them. And it was incredible. Uh, if if nothing else, no matter what vacation you or trip you have planned, I am. I've always kind of unplugged. You go to a cabin, whatever. You don't have signal, but you're still on your phone doing your stuff, posting and whatnot. I say I am now going to forcibly unplug a lot more, even if it's for a weekend trip. What I don't care. Unplugging because it is awesome. It was so refreshing. I remember at one point too, we were in Cozumel and I was trying to get the pictures because we did swimming with the dolphins, and which was awesome and worth it. Worth it to do it once. You do it once, you never have to do it again. Next time, I'll just chill on the beach. And I I connected to their Wi-Fi because I was like, oh, you can just download your pictures you bought straight to your phone. I was like, cool. And then all of a sudden, my phone started pinging. And I panicked and went, no, 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 no. I, I turned the Wi-Fi off, uh, quit that process. was like, I'll just download these pictures when I get home. <laughs> so dodged a bullet there. But it was, it was actually nice because normally, I think first day, if I would have started getting, had that opportunity, getting notifications, I probably would have tried to stay plugged in. But this was, this was technically the third day. This and the end of the third day, and I'd already been unplugged for two and a half days. So it was nice. It was really nice. Definitely worth it. All right. Um, there is plenty to do and plenty of quality to do, plenty to eat and drink. I think the number one thing 
that people probably do is drink and then they eat. And so they gain weight and they're drunk all the time. I, I personally, I don't necessarily see the appeal when you look at it at 80 bucks a day. And then you see how much an individual drink is priced about 10 to 13 bucks, depending on what you're getting. If you're getting beers, it's like eight bucks. Um, you have to be, you pound back six, seven, eight drinks, depending on what you're drinking. And so you would, to, to justify the purchase of that for me, because this is how, you know, you want to get your money's worth. You have to constantly have a drink in your hand. And that's just unappealing to me. Sure. I wanted to, you know, have a pina colada. And so opt in to say, so when they try and get you be like, oh yeah, but it's unlimited, right? First thought needs to be, okay, how much do I need? If it's per, if that's the price per day, because let's say 80 bucks per day, five days, $400. It's almost the cost of your cruise at that point. And so you, you know, really make sure to do your math and due diligence on that. And also with the food and drink packages, uh, like the soft drink packages, it's honestly worth it just to like, well, like one night when I had steak, I wanted to have a glass of wine with that. So I ordered that glass of wine. It was 12 bucks or whatever. So instead of, you know, spending an extra 400 bucks, all in all with, we ordered room service once cause you got to experience that. It was cause it was eight bucks or whatever. And it was, and it was not per item. It was eight bucks per order. So you could order the whole menu, and it's eight bucks. So that's more or less what we did. <laughs> so we ordered about half the menu one night because to experience room service. And I think that's a, one thing about the cruise is it, you get to, you. It's getting treated like royalty. Everyone's very respectful. They're waiting on you hand and foot. There's people everywhere ready to take your drink orders. Also, the first day, there's every five seconds you get asked if you want a drink package. It's kind of funny. We were, we went up to eat in the cafeteria, and I think I had three or four people in like the 20, 30 minutes we were there came up, drink package, drink package, and they have a little sign. It's pretty funny. And you're just, you just got to sit there and be like, no, no, thank you. No. Um, but that's pretty great. So... All in all, I don't think those are worth it. I think you're better off just if you if you like like us. One afternoon we were by the pool. It was like let's have a pina colada, right? So spend thirty bucks, and it's like you spent thirty bucks once, or you could have spent thirty bucks a day to have like unlimited fountain drink. Nah, no thanks, no thanks. Because also that's not gonna. I think my number one thing was I didn't want to didn't want to gain weight, didn't want to get wildly out of shape. My parents. Now, they weighed themselves before the cruise. I didn't, so I can't say either way, except looking at myself and judging how I feel. They ate, they gained zero pounds. They weighed themselves before and after. They gained no weight. That's an accomplishment. And that's honestly, I think, the biggest accomplishment you can you can attain on a cruise. Losing weight, obviously, is next level. And I would almost say, did you really enjoy this cruise? <laughs> but not gaining weight is a huge accomplishment. So here's my rules, pro tips for how to cruise right and not gain weight. I would say don't waste your money on drink packages, on food packages. Um, for instance, every night we had dinner that was nice and they had rotating stuff. And so that's where you can get your nice meal. You can always eat in the dining area. There's a little cafe that always has pizza or there's the big cafeteria that has different options. So there's plenty of free options included with the price of your cruise. Then you don't have to go eat at the sushi place and spend 40 bucks a person or the super nice grill that really doesn't offer anything different than the main dining room that you eat at every night, but you pay 80 bucks a person, right? Same thing with drinks. I wouldn't do it. Now, that's your prerogative. It's your money, not mine. But um, the tips are, your stairs to elevator ratio needs to be two to one, meaning you take the stairs twice as much as you use the elevator. First of all, especially the first day, the elevator takes four because everyone's using it. They're packed half the time. The elevator comes and it's too full for you to get on. 
So you, so we ended up, you know, I'm in, you know me, I'm impatient. So I was like, all right, yeah, we're just gonna, we'll hoof it upstairs, hoof it down the stairs. I don't go, especially if you're going down, I'll go down the stairs. Up, yeah, a little more work, but it's fine. I also didn't get to work out like I wanted to, even though they had a real good gym. They, um, so do that, and then now I didn't realize these rules. I didn't flesh them out until close to the end of the cruise, but I more or less lived by them. The second one, maybe not as much, but it's fine. But by the end of the cruise, we really were because we just wouldn't want it on the elevator. If you're going three levels or less, up or down, you have to take the stairs. Now, those are the rules. That is your keeping fit, not gaining the, the cruise ship 20 uh, pro tip right there. That's how you should cruise. Any other tips would be, obviously, don't overindulge. When you're bored, don't just go to the cafe and get pizza. Or if you do, keep walking around. Honestly, we walked around so much on that ship because there was so much to see. I walked more than I regularly did. And my feet ended up hurting a lot of time, which was good. Good problem to have. means I was being active. Also proud to report. Uh, I took home the bronze in ping pong. The gold, of course, was my wife. But obviously the bigger accomplishment is for me to win the bronze. I would have gotten the silver had I met the champion in the championship uh, instead, I met the would-be champion in the second round, who was my wife, who is better than me at ping pong. So, sadly, I ended up, but I still ended up getting bronze. So, I'll take it. And they even gave you little medals. That was fun. That was really cool. But, uh, talk about the port a little bit. Mexico was fun. Mexico was hilarious, actually. They have this little shopping center at the port, and it's basically jewelry and tequila. So that's what you and then a couple cheap shirt shops and it's and they are they are carny calling you hey hey my man free uh, f- uh what do they say free samples of tequila come try some tequila and of course what they're trying to do is pump you full of tequila so you'll spend 150 bucks on their over you'll spend way more than it's worth on this bottle of tequila that was the thing that i came to realize i went in and i tried one i went in one place and tried it guy starts talking to me i'm like all right here's this Nice one, and he was the real nice one. I said, all right, how much is a nice one? 180 bucks. Now, I kept my poker face on, but internally, I was clenching as hard as I could, and my eyes were as big as our cruise ship when I heard that. And I said, excuse me, I'm coming to Mexico, or, you know, typically people are coming here to get things cheaper, not... <laughs> and that is not what I would consider cheaper. I was like, all right, how much is the real nice stuff? 270 And I said, holy shnikes. But then, this is where they get you, right? You start sweet-talking. He says, oh, hey, hey, but today, for you, I can run this deal. I can do this discount. If you buy the real nice one, $270, I will give you the medium nice one for free. So, basically, it, it averages out to be 135 a pop. And, really, those are probably 50 to $75 bottles at best. 100 at best, at most. Uh, but it's the dumb rich Americans coming here, so we're gonna. That's that's the biggest thing to learn is they will they will price everything high. the The negotiation of the trip was my dad, so he got the he, he was getting a gift for a friend, and it was this little, um, this little piece of jewelry, this little nice silver piece of silver silver cross or something like that with some fake diamonds on it. He goes in there. You ready for this? So he goes in there now. The best negotiating trick is to limit how much money you have on you so you can't spend more than that. So then you don't have to be like, oh, I don't want to lie and tell them I only have $20. Only have $20 on you. And be like, this is all I got. So take it or leave it. And then that's the ultimate negotiating tip and tactic. 
just limit yourself, right? Uh, say, okay, I've got 20 bucks and, and you know, maybe have your friend hold your money and be like, you have my money. You're not allowed to give me any, you give me 20 bucks at a time and I go and see what I can get for 20 bucks or whatever. Well, here's what we do, right? We, so my dad, not we, my dad is in there, guy showing him, it's on this nice little necklace on a chain and my dad says, how much? He says, oh, $950, which first of all, none of this jewelry is actually worth that. Who are we kidding? Okay. Once again, coming in so high, but also willing to come down so low. And my dad goes, whoa. He goes, ah, no, no, I can't afford it. He goes, but for you, I'll give you, I'll give it to you for 550 And so you're like, and of course, you know, it's, it's the sweet talk technique. I'll give you such a big discount. It's like, actually you told me. It's like when I, it's like, it's like, actually you told me it's worth way twice as much as it's worth. And then you're telling me, oh, I'm, I'm giving you this discount, which is still more than it's worth, but, and you still be making money, but you're, it's the illusion of a discount. And my dad, who only had $150 on him, literally it's all he had, no credit card, no nothing, says, ah, it's just, sorry, this is too rich for my blood. And, and so he's like, I just don't even have enough for you. And the guy goes, how much you have? He says, 150 well, the guy goes, talks to his buddy, comes back, says, okay, deal. <laughs> Which just goes to show you, it's not, I mean, they'll take what they can get a lot of time. Not saying you can't get it for dirt cheap, but that's actually probably about what it was worth. Well, ready for this kicker? Then my dad pulls out the money. He thought he had 150. He only had 105. And he looks at that and goes, oh, I thought I had 150. I only have 105. So then the guy looks at him. What does he do? He cuts the chain off and says, I'll just give you the jewel, no chain, for $105. My dad's like, sure, absolutely. And that's actually probably about what it was worth. Maybe still overpaid a little bit, but I wonder, I'm sitting here wondering, what if he would have said 50 bucks? Give him the chain, maybe? And that's actually worth it? I don't know. But goes to show you, like, look, they are trying to, and it's all tax and duty free, so there's the incentive to buy. Everyone apparently buys vanilla there, but just word of the wise if you're ever down there i mean just put 50 bucks 100 bucks in your pocket and just walk away with like be like absolutely not and just and just don't say anything don't tell them how much you have just just be like no i can't afford it can't afford it I mean, say how much do you have well i've got 25 bucks well i'll take that and i uh, you'd be surprised you'd be surprised but uh swimming with the dolphins was incredible if you ever have a chance worth it it was now getting to the swimming with the dolphins part was about as much of a nightmare as getting on the boat. And that part, I would say, ugh, it almost made it not worth it. But then we did the Dolphins and it was worth it. So it ended up being a good day. But it was rough. But that it had some rough parts. So just be warned that I think cruises are cool and they are worth it. And I don't know, I'm definitely not someone who thinks that I want this to be every single vacation. Well, it is cool. I think every now and again, though, maybe every couple of years, and I think especially if you do it with a group, it can be really fun. You could do if you could do it with a group, like we did with a small group. And another thing that I really appreciated on the deeper level, if you want to call it, that just like the unplugging was, we had a set dinner time every night. We went and ate dinner, and so we so we could do our thing during the day. But it was every night we came together, we sat around a table, we had good conversation, we bonded, and that was really meaningful and cool. And I think that's something that to consider if you do a cruise and you have that set dinner, do that. Also, take advantage of the free continental breakfast that will be delivered to your room for free and try that, like my wife and I did, and check half the boxes on the menu. That's how you do it, folks. 
I would say it's worth getting a room too with at least a porthole, if not a balcony. We had a balcony and that was a game changer. Having the sun wake you up, having you'd crack the door open and get the noise of the ocean. Also, my parents and my sister's room were right next to us so we could go out on the balcony and talk to each other. And that was nice. We lean over the rail and whatnot. That was cool. So it was really, really cool. And it's just it honestly the spectacle out of all. This this boat is a thousand feet long, fifteen stories. Has four or five, six, seven, eight restaurants, you know, different things. Has two theaters, an ice rink. I mean, it has a flow rider, giant slide, two pool areas. Had the adult only pool area, which is another cool selling point. I mean, it's just the the spectacle of it all is really incredible. And it has a basically a little mall, the promenade in the middle, and it's just it is something that is outstanding and absolutely worth it. Uh, so I would say it's worth it to check it out once. Don't do a three day, do at least a five day, ideally do a seven day. You want a cabin that has a porthole or a balcony to have that outside view. I heard they have some that have projection screens that'll show you what outside has, but I don't know. I'm not sold on that. makes a big difference. Just be ready for the probable hassle of boarding the ship and prep yourselves for that. Do an NAAT test, antigen test, which usually qualifies we had to read through the rules and they said they would accept it so and that's where you can have your result in several hours my parents did it the same day did it at noon and we were supposed to board at noon and they were able to get on the ship around 2 30 so that was a big point if, if you're going to some place like mexico best negotiating tactic limit how much cash you have on you have your friend your wife forever hold be the money person be the no person and say, all right, give me 20 bucks. All right, now let's split up. Let's meet back here. I'm going to go do that. So you can't be right there and be like, give me more money. But also seriously consider it. Uh, we were all up on the top deck overlooking. This is a funny story. When we were about to leave port on the first day and we didn't realize, and I looked and I was like, oh, those look like the ship horns. And I was actually, I was like, man, we, we waited 30 minutes and I was like, we're not going to take off yet. I'm going to go bathroom real quick. And all of a sudden, Ball. the ship horn goes off to signify that we're that we're departing and everyone on that deck who is subsequently right in front of the horn basically is it, it gets spooked me myself included was like holy crap and the next time we did it we were on the pool deck and it was cool to hearn but cruise cruise ship horns are next level just be aware if you're on the deck <laughs> of in front of the horn because it's a good view it's an elevated view of the front of the ship and you can see as you're sailing um be mindful of your excursion days and be mindful i would for us i think the best bet next time you definitely want to do just find a beach find a beach maybe with lunch included and with plenty of shuttle options or just do the shops or take advantage of the empty boat and do activities on the boat that day that's what some people have done and that's not a bad idea. Might do that next time, depending on where we go. But it's kind of cool to go see the area where you've been. But in actuality, you're just going to a resort in the area. So it's like you're not necessarily seeing the area. They have excursions, though, to like go see the Mayan ruins or something. And that stuff would be cool, maybe. But in general, both with the excursion and on the cruise, don't overschedule yourself. Because they're going to bombard you with stuff going on constantly. You're gonna, and sometimes you're going to feel, I know the first day, you're going to feel felt like I have to do everything, explore and see everything. And it wore you out. But then on Thursday, I was like, okay, I want to do these things. But then when we have some downtime, let's, let's, let's just relax. I went and got to read my book. I just walked around. I just sat on some of the outside decks and watched the ocean as it went by. And that was really cool. 
And that was, and, and so find that relaxation. You know, we went in hot tub one night, we sat by the pool another afternoon and my wife took a nap and we just kind of sat there and enjoyed the niceness of it. Right. So unless you're willing to negotiate though in Mexico, like it's really, some of this, a lot of the stuff I saw was not really cheaper. They're like, it's tax and duty free, but that's it. And to me, the whole point is you go there and you get stuff real cheap. It's way cheaper. And I, I guess the vanilla is a big drawing, uh, a big draw. Of course, the tequila, the cigars, you know, all that good stuff. Jewelry. But, of course, you know, who knows how real a lot of this stuff is. Definitely see. Uh, bag moving story? I don't know what that story is. I wrote down the bag moving story. Let me think. Oh, no, we almost got in a fight. I'll tell that. I'll finish. <laughs> so this was part of the nightmare of getting to the dolphin thing. We were, So it's at this little resort, and the food was horrible. Worst food I've ever had. I, I left that in my review, and the line was horrible. They were understaffed for this little buffet. You go, you wait in line, you go up, you tell them, I want this, this, and this, and they give it to you. Well, we get up there, and she goes, where's your mask? And we're like, we didn't realize we needed one. And, and she's like, we're, and we're like, can you just give us, there's a glass pane. She's wearing a mask. There's separation. And we're like, can you just get it? And she goes, no. And we're like, w- okay. And so my wife then goes, well, can I just pull my shirt up over my nose? Because it's the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, you go wife. And the lady goes, no, it has to be a mask. And she goes, what's different about this? And the lady goes, it just has to be a mask. Well, then they bring us masks and I have a picture of it. I, I might put it on the Instagram. It was thinner than any shirt I own. It was transparent. I don't even know how you call it a mask. And, and you had to wear and, and the string immediately broke. And so I just held it over my face. But that's how it happened. But anyways, there's so the bag moving story. And you might think we're a little bit obnoxious for this. But tell me what you think about this, right? In general, if you want to save a table, one person goes and sits at the table. Everyone else waits in line to save the table, right? And sometimes it's like, hey, I'm going to set my bag here because I'm just going to the bathroom. And then I'll come right back. And I think the bag technique can work. However... I think if if you're looking at longer than 20 or 30 minutes of your bag sitting there, that is now an unattended bag, which if you know anything about like arena security and places like that, big event, concert security, unattended bags are a threat and you have to report them. Uh, and maybe not in Mexico at a resort, but unattended bags, unless you're on the beach and it's like, oh, they're in the water, whatever, which you weren't, you're at a restaurant and it's like, but this particular bag was on one of the so there was maybe 50 tables and there were four that had umbrellas for shade and it was hot. And we were sitting next at two tables next to this back. And there was a family and there were two, there was one table with the umbrella and one table right next to it without, and there was a family there. And so we assumed, okay, family, this is their bag. They just set it on that table and they're sitting there, whatever. And we had just gotten our food and we waited about half an hour, 40 minutes for our food. So that family gets up and leaves and the bag stays. And at this point it had been, 20 minutes or so. So we wait, we wait, we had a couple minutes and I go, you know, it's been over half an hour that this bag has been sitting on this table unattended. Not one person has come over to check on it, to grab anything, nothing, no, not a soul around. And so at this point I say, look, I get, if you want to save a table, you need to have someone sitting at that table. You could put your bag there and I think it could hold it for five minutes. Maybe I think, 
I think I think a bag is a temporary stay, but I think ultimately, especially when it comes to what I would call premium table, one of the few, you just kind of have to accept the reality that, look, I want to try and save a table, but there's a lot of people here, everyone's in the same boat, and it's unfair to everyone else to try and have a table, a pre- one of the four covered tables, go unused because I am selfishly wanting to keep the table for myself. So I said, look, I haven't seen anybody touch this bag at all. Honestly, what I should have done, I said, we need to, we need to move this report, we need to report this to security. So what we do is we get it from our tables right next to it, we move it to our tables, and we move to the covered table because we hadn't seen anybody. Well, about 10 minutes go by. A lady comes over and all of a sudden we hear, um, excuse me, did you move this bag? And we look and we're like, what? And she's like, did you move this bag? And we say, yes. And she, well, let the Karen come out. She starts, why would you move my, this is our bag and we were saving that table. And I simply say back, and I think this is a fair rule. You could tell me if not, because look, maybe we shouldn't have moved someone's back. But at the end of the day, I think, I think in the wild west of table seating and whatnot, I think, I think that's. Uh, you need to go stand in line and if the line's going slow and you may not get that table you may not get that table look and you gotta put up with it or like what we did is in order to save a couple tables we had my father-in-law sit at them and someone brought him food and that to me that is reasonable have a person sitting there but to just set your bag on a table and be like I'll be back when I'm back and this is my table no this is not how that works I'm sorry. You have to let people have opportunities to sit at these tables, especially premium tables. So anyways, I just, I just retort back and she's still ranting. And I say, I say this bag was unattended for, for about, for over half an hour. I would, and I didn't think of the unattended bag claim of saying we about report, we, we were just going to report it to security return or turn it into lost and found. I did think of that until after and it was too late, but she is, and she goes, well, you do not move someone else's stuff. You do not touch. And so she's going off the premise of respect other people's stuff. Don't move it. And I'm going off the premise of you can't reserve a table, just sitting your bag. And and she goes, we had to wait in this long line. I said, we waited in the same line and we waited and we sat here while another family sat and they left and we thought it was their bag and it wasn't. So this bag which you have not come to check on once and which arguably I would say if you're waiting in line and it took her 10 minutes to realize it had been moved. So she's not watching it. Like someone could have swiped that bag so easily and been 10 minutes gone before you even notice. And what are you going to, your bag could have been sold. So first of all, that's idiotic to do. Second of all, I don't think that that holds the table for you, especially when, when there's four, only four with the umbrella. So she keeps just ranting. You do not. That's that's the point she came back to. I said, look, it was unattended for over half an hour. I said, you don't have a right to to hold hold this table from other people using it for half an hour because you want it that bad. And I'm sorry, this line happens to be super long and going super slow, and that's a different fault. But uh, needless to say, she was pissed. Well, then we get up. Uh, the people in our group doing the dolphin stuff get up because it's time to get our life jackets on. So we're 15, 20 feet away. Well, then the husband comes over. Let me tell you, this dude was big, 6'3", 260, I mean, kind of big. And he comes over, and we just see him, of course, he starts John talking. And they don't really say much. Our, the people left in our group, my parent, my dad, my father-in-law, they don't really say much to him. Well, my mom was over there and she comes to get in line with us, get a life jacket. And I said, mom, what'd she say? And she goes, my, my mom, my sweet mom. 
who, you know, she doesn't use foul language at all. She goes, I can't. And she seri- very seriously goes, she goes, I can't repeat the words that he said. So he comes over and cusses them out and gets all mad. And then we're sitting there, we're like, okay, but it's fine. It's finally blown over. It's whatever, right? Because we're, we're not going to drag this out. And he apparently threatened. He's like, do you want to get up? Do you want to go? Like, you want to fight? Really, dude? You're going to fight at a resort in Mexico and risk going to Mexican jail because your bag got moved because you were being stupid? You were being an idiot? Or you were being a honyak, unrightly so? And you might say, look, we're being a little bit for, too forward and messing with people's stuff, but... I don't know. You can tell me what you think, right? I'm not I'm not totally justifying what we did, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not I'm not letting what they did slide at all. Well, then the Karen comes back over and she starts ranting and ran, you can see I can't hear what she's saying. But she's just ranting, 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 ranting. So these people were clearly bitter people who have nothing better to do but just have a bad time. And there are those people in this world. And we came to realize that. And the whole time we're looking at my dad just can't disengage cuz like me, he's not going to lose. Because we aren't in the wrong. We're no more in the wrong than you were in the wrong. And so they he they go back and forth. And apparently my dad offered the table. And she was like, and they were like, no, no, it's done. And whatever. And we're like, okay, whatever. But um, we're sitting there because we're behind the angry, complainy couple. And we're like, we're doing the whole like kill it, you know, like stop talking, stop engaging, hand, hand going across the neck. Like, hey, just stop, disengage, look away and ignore. That's the best thing to do in this situation is just look away and act like you don't hear and let her rant on. She clearly, this was life or death for her. Uh, yeah. But anyways, that goes by and later we're standing once again in a different area waiting to go to the dolphins and my dad, who's watching my backpack, sets it down to go to the bathroom and then this, this is how you follow up these sort of situations that are awkward and a little bit weird. You maybe almost got in a fight in Mexico <laughs> type situation, which I almost went over there when the guy went over there because I was curious to hear. And also I wanted to try and to, I was, I didn't want it to escalate. I was a little worried looking at the guy and seeing how you could see, you know, when someone's talking and yelling, how jerky and you can tell like, oh, they're upset. And I was like, I don't want this. I don't want him to. Well, I was like, first of all, I was like, if he makes any kind of move on my dad, I'm drop kicking him in the back and I'll go to Mexican jail. My dad's not going to though. Uh, and my dad's definitely not going to get beat up and you might, that's just the way I felt about it. But ultimately I was like, I want to diffuse, 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 and hopefully just can this blow over. But, uh, my dad sets my bag down and he goes, all right, don't move my stuff. And we all just die laughing. Oh, it was incredible. So now we've got a great joke for the family. And I think that's the best way to hand those, handle those situations. So uh, I might make, who knows, might make, might make a sticker out of that. Don't touch my stuff. Don't move my bag. But I would like to know what you think. Uh, I, I, I would imagine most of you would say you probably shouldn't have moved his bag. I mean, so confrontational. But I and my family don't deal with nonsense. And I don't deal with nonsense people. And people who think they can, I don't know, kind of do silly stuff like that. No, sorry, not gonna. And and I like to think I was fair. And I gave you half an hour of that bag claiming that table unused before I was like, okay, look, this is getting ridiculous. Half an hour of the bag and no one's sitting there. This table needs to be. We're just no. So, and I just moved it over one. Where you? What I what I learned next time is what I'll do is I'll move it and then I'll call security or go to the security desk and say, hey, there's an unattended bag that is um a suspicious bag and do that. That's really the ultimate move. You might say, well, I'm being a bit of a Karen, but 
I like to think they're being a bit of a Karen thinking they could reserve that seat. So yeah, that was the bag moving story. Oh man. So look, if you ever, it's never, so the travel agent, we ended up hanging out with her some, you know, she wanted to be like, Hey, I don't want to be in your hair. But then she ended up, we ended up, we're like, no, you're great. And she, after all these stories and all these shenanigans that we had, she was like, y'all, she was like, I gotta, she goes, I want to go on every cruise with you guys. That, cause look, it is never boring. That's for sure. And we somehow managed to find us Olsons. We find our way into controversies. We're just, we're just loud, opinionated. And, uh, we 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 show it. <laughs> so we, we are not gonna let things, uh, get by us. So I don't <laughs> stuff. Something always seemed to happen, right? Let's see, did that? Yeah. So lastly, definitely, if you want an interesting cruise, go with us because you will always find chaos. And it is incredible. But all in all, let's see, if I had to rate it on a 1 to 17 scale, I'd give cruising about a 13. So 13 out of 17, I don't think it's the best vacation, but like it's it's the closest I've ever had to an all-inclusive resort because my family and I've never done one of those. My wife and I actually want to do an all-inclusive one at least once to see what the experience is. Go to a resort where it's all-inclusive food, drink, whatever, and you just hang out on the beach because we both come from places of active vacations. You go, you do all the activities, you wear yourself out. We're doing stuff like camping, going to the lake, going snowboarding. So it very much is active and where, and those are great, but that's how we do our leisure is very heavily active. And I was like, I've never done anything like that. I want to experience it once. And so if nothing, if I never go on a cruise again, I'll be happy. But I think I might like to try seven day and go to like somewhere cool like Jamaica or Bahamas. But if you've been on a cruise and have tips or experience, would love to hear what your cruising review and experiences and tips are, or, uh, I, if you've never been on one and you're looking for a beginner's guide, maybe this served as some. My personal experience. I think it was awesome. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun. And it's very easy to spend a lot of money if you're not careful. But at the same time, you could spend almost no money outside of the cost of the cruise. And still eat and drink plenty and have a great time. So I would just be mindful of excursions and over planning I think is the biggest thing. And just prepare for a headache of getting on and a headache possibly of getting to your excursion. And we can blame COVID for all of that because that is really what made it hard. We were talking to our crew, our, our travel agent, and she kept saying, "Yeah, it's it. Ever since COVID, this is what it's happened. So that's if there's anything to blame, it's that, and the fact that people are still being ridiculous about it. But I don't want to get back on that train at all. So it was fun, it was worth it, and it's worth um, experience. I would say at least do a small group of people, but you can maybe do it as a couples thing. But um, it's better with a group." even a small group like we had of seven. So that would be worth it. But yeah, what's your, what's your experience on a cruise? Uh, was, what do you, what do you think about my bag moving story? Was I in the wrong? I probably should have honestly, the wisest thing to do would have just been let it go. But I'm a bit of a Han yuck and I'm willing to take full responsibility for initiating. I, I definitely said, just move that bag. It's been there too long. This is ridiculous. If it had been on a regular table, I probably wouldn't have thought anything of it, but it was on one of the four covered tables. So that's enough of that though. Swimming with dolphins absolutely worth it super cool and a lot of fun dolphins are such cool creatures 
They just seem so happy. We also got a pet of manatee. And they're basically like my big dog, Finn. If you've ever had a big dog who just sleeps and is lovey-dovey, and just, that's a manatee. They're pretty cool. They have moss all over them. That's also interesting. Their mouths are weird. But my cruise experience was great. 13 out of 17. I don't want to make that my staple vacation, but I could go on a couple more cruises. I think it'd be cool to go on, like, say, an Alaskan or a Norwegian and go through the fjords, but that would be a big trip and maybe it'd be better just take a trip to Norway and then just take a little boat, you know, book a boat to take you through the fjords one day. I don't know. I don't know. Very, very cool though. Want to know any, any and all of your thoughts on anything today on this episode, whether it be on the Zion Williams, do you think he's a bust? How do you think it's going to pan out? I'm hopeful that he'll lean up, get things right, get healthy and have a great career. March Madness, where do you stand? You bracket totally busted. Who are you pulling for? What do you want to happen versus what do you expect will happen? And lastly, have you been on a cruise? Are you thinking about going on a cruise? Did this did this tip you either way? Uh, do you only want to go on a cruise if you go with me and my family? <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. That's how I feel. I think if, if you're for sure want an interesting time that it will be full of laughs, go on a cruise with my family. That is nothing we're never short on is laughs. We laugh at ourselves. We laugh at each other. We make fun of ourselves, make fun of each other. And it's a grand old time. So if you're worried that you're going on a cruise and it may not be as fun as possible, I don't know, just uh, talk to me, talk to my family. Be like, hey, y'all want to go on a cruise? I'll tell you, if you pay for it, we'll definitely go no-brainer. But, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, if you want to... Let me know if you would if you, if you go on a cruise, if you want to go on a cruise with my family, or if that would if that would be a tipping point with you, if you're like, I don't want to go on a cruise unless it's with your family. But um, this might be a little vain of me or narcissistic, but that's fine. I just, I think my family has, is a great time, and they're always a great time. So, yeah, would you go on a cruise? Have you been on a cruise? What do you think? What, are your, what do you think of my cruising tips on how not to lose weight? How is that? How does that balance out? And uh, if you have been on a cruise that you would absolutely recommend, that was amazing. Please send it in. I would like to know that as well. For any future cruise potential cruises I might take, what is your recommendation? If you've been on an incredible cruise or an amazing cruise, or you've been on a horrible cruise, what cruises to avoid? I'm looking for any and all cruise tips you have. If you have any, any and all feedback, let me know. You can either do that in a five star review. You can email the show. You can text me. You can DM uh, the show. You can DM me. Anything and everything. But that is my cruise review of my Royal Caribbean cruise. It was unplugged. We got great family time or group time, great bonding, ton of activities. Definitely an experience worth exploring, despite what Bill Burr says about cruises. I'll post the clip of, of Bill Burr's thoughts on cruises. He is very anti cruise and he, he has a hilarious bit on cruises. And I could see why he. Th- why he feels that way because I think it's kind of funny but at the same time I can see the appeal of cruises because at the very least you get it's pretty cool to get treated I'm just like like royalty in a lot of ways it's weird too I was like no I'll get my own water they're like no no I'll bring you one and I was like oh, oh okay okay <laughs> they call you they call me Mr. Gus <laughs> oh thank you so much and it, it was really cool but let me know anything everything any of all your thoughts I want to thank you for tuning in being a part of the Hanyak Horde if you want to know what a Hanyak is, keep listening. I'm sure I'll recap it someday soon because I got a lot of new listeners. If you haven't checked out Dennis's story or my sister's story or my new series, Blessings from Tragedy, please go check those out. Those are incredible stories. If you're looking for deep, powerful stories of people's uh, blessings that they find from their struggles, from their tragedies, and and Dennis especially is, is just a miraculous story, an incredible one, one that has God's handiwork all over it. Or if you have a story, like one, like you, you have some tragedy that brought, brought about blessings you never could have imagined otherwise. 
and you want to come on and share it, please. I've, I'm doing some. I'm doing some more this week, getting some recorded and getting those slated. I'm really excited about them, but it's uh, it's no problem. We can do it virtually. We can do it in person. Either one. Please let me know anything and everything. Also, book review, 12 Rules for Life, coming up in a couple weeks. Really excited about that one. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff going on here. W- definitely want all of your feedback. If you just want to come on the show and have fun and chit-chat, I think conversations are always better with two people than with just one person, me and my thoughts. Even though sometimes I feel like I can talk to myself pretty well. But that does it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here on Wednesday for your next dose of weird this week. I'm back off the boat and I did not, uh, I got to feel like a pirate. Not really. Was not attacked by pirates, but this is your head Hanyak signing off.